C.S. Lewis actually has a quote that says, he who has God and everything else has no more than he who has God only. So I think that summarizes that so well for what I, what I understood through that experience. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the Word of God and walk in integrity in new ways every day. I am so grateful that you're here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I am so grateful that you're back for yet another episode. Y'all know, I say it all the time, I'm either grateful or excited. Today, I'm both. (laughs) We are going to get into such a beautiful and refreshing conversation that I pray you listen in. Today, as we talk about the beauty in singleness, it's a conversation that I pray married and single friends will listen to because we want to ensure that we are having these conversations with integrity and that we are honoring what the Lord is doing in each and every one of our dear friends' lives without idolizing anything in particular. You know, it is beautiful to support and speak life over a dream and a goal that just the Lord has placed in our heart. But we want to ensure that we are talking about those dreams and that goal in a way that will lead our sisters back to the Lord and in a way that will lead them to see just how much he's doing in their lives in each and every season as we hope they would for us. One of the things that I am incredibly grateful for are the number of women who pray for me when I share, you know, some of the struggles that I've had with having children. And I am so incredibly grateful for the way they speak life over me and the way that they pray for me. But I'm also encouraged by the way they show up in this season, by the way they continue to help me honor and celebrate all that the Lord is doing right now because I'm not experiencing a lesser version of life simply because I am not a mother. And it is those sweet friendships that help me to remember that. We're all waiting on something. It's just my prayer that we would put it in the correct priority and continue to seek after the Lord's presence because that, that's the gift, y'all. That is the gift. As we prepare to get into this conversation, I want to just read Philippians 3 verses 8 through 10 from the English Standard Version over us today. It reads, Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own 
that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Everything, everything is second best when we put it in perspective and recognize that we have been given the most precious gift of all. And that is relationship with the Lord through and in Christ Jesus. It can feel hard to walk through that and walk out that in our world and in our culture today. But my goodness, when we come together to remind one another that everything is second best in comparison to his presence, we remember to keep pursuing his face. (sighs) Everything. Everything is second best. It's that time, y'all. My co-host Tanya and I are back with another woman you should know. Liv, hey Liv, hey girl. Hey girl. Who are you introducing us to today? You always have a powerhouse, yo. <laughs> so cool is it today? I am so excited. To introduce y'all to Rachel D. Baker. She mm-hmm. is a lifelong teacher, an author, and a speaker. And this woman is also, y'all already know. Y'all already know how we do. We value transparency over here at The Best Kept Secret. If you're over there hiding about, you know, the issues that you have, we are here for you. Mm -hmm. However, we want you to experience the freedom that comes when you just get real about what you're going through. And Rachel does that. She is passionate about empowering women who are overwhelmed with all the things to create some breathing room and live an intentional life. And she does that by going first. She does Mm -hmm. that by sharing what she struggled with. She does that by really inviting us into the process that the Lord has taken her through. Mm-hmm. She is mm-hmm. a special needs mom, a bookaholic, and an author. And she's also a writer and a contributor for the Colorfully Candid Paradigm. So she recently wrote an article about how to celebrate when it feels hard. And my goodness, her recommendations were so practical and so helpful that I am, I'm just, I'm just grateful for the work that she does and how she has allowed the Lord to kind of prune her through her hard seasons. Mm -hmm. I, I just, oh man, I just, I love how God just, if we allow him, God can use anything that we are going through to be a blessing to so many people. If we just give God the room, he can use anything. And so I just love, love to hear about the work that she's doing, especially as a mom. Overwhelm is such a constant 
emotion or feeling or kind of state because you feel that there's so much to do, to be, to complete, to contribute, especially if you're working and all these things. So I love the work that she's doing. Really going to check it out. Thank you so much for talking about her today. Heck yeah. She's going to have some fun stuff releasing a new podcast coming out and everything in the fall. So y'all mm-hmm. head over, get connected to Rachel D. Baker and uh, just, just know that you have community. You have community. (laughs) She is a woman you should know. I have really enjoyed getting to know Rachel and she's not the only one. I also just adored the conversation that we are going to be having with our guest Hannah Shermerhorn today and I really believe that you are going to enjoy it as well. A God-designed life doesn't start when you say I do or when you get engaged, or even when you meet the one. It's happening as long as you've been alive, even if you are still single and you wish you weren't. Hannah Shermerhorn knows what it's like. She was months away from getting married when her wedding was called off. She feared being single again, but in the following years, God taught her many hard lessons that transformed her into her bitterness into authentic joy. Hannah is an electrical engineer who has worked in legal, business, and global marketing. She enjoys traveling, reading, and spending time with her nieces and nephews. And you can learn more about Hannah at hannahshermerhorn.com. Now, please help me welcome Hannah Shermerhorn to the best cat secret. Oh my goodness, y'all. I am so excited to talk with our friend Hannah today. My goodness, there are very few books that make me want to put them down and pick up my Bible. And Hannah, girl, you wrote a book that made me want to pick up my Bible because I was like, really? Really? I I don't know how I didn't pick that up. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) My goodness. Such a beautiful book. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on today. I am so excited to talk to you about your new book, A Single Life to Live. And, you know, you have written about singleness, but I have to tell you, as a married woman, there was so much gold in this book that y'all who are listening, sis, I need you to get this book because, like I said, we're going to get into it today. There were a few gems that our sis dropped, and I was just like, Okay, okay, Hannah. (laughs) Awesome. That is so great to hear. I know the first person I gave my book to after I wrote my manuscript was my mom, and she said the same thing. I was like, well, my mom has to say she likes it. So, you know, it's nice to hear it from someone else, too, who's married, that it's also, you know, relevant and gives some information. Oh, my goodness. So relevant. Let's go on and get into it. You know, you have written this book about your life as a single woman and just... I'd like to ask you, why did you feel that it was important to write this book? And what message do you hope that others walk away with it as they read with? Yeah, that is a good question. So it took me a very long time to get to the point of being able to write this book. So it started for me in college. Um, I was dating someone and we actually got engaged and then Satan kind of stepped in and we had to break off our engagement because of an addiction problem. 
Um, and it was just a couple months before our wedding. So I all of a sudden at the end of college was something that I did not expect to be. And that is that I was single and I was pretty upset about it and pretty horrified that that was what the reality of my life was when I thought that I was going to get married and I was going to have kids and, you know, do certain jobs and all sorts of things. But all of a sudden the slate for my life was just totally wiped clean. So I started off being single and I was super bitter about it. I think I experienced all the negative things that other single people experience of loneliness and questioning God and things like that. But then I, after about like five or six years, I realized that I was happy and it was very surprising to me because I was still single. My circumstances hadn't changed, but God had really changed my heart through different mentors and Bible studies and Bible passages and just reading about single people in the Bible and things like that. And I was like, man, I wish I would have known all of these things when I first became single because it would have been such a game changer of how I lived my life. Because when I first became single, I was just like, what is the point of my life right now? What am I supposed to be doing every single day? Like, I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, God, why am I here? So after going through all this stuff, instead of feeling that way, I felt like, man, God's got me here for a reason and I can make the most out of this and I can be happy about it and I can trust him that there's a reason I'm here and, you know, I'm going to live in that and be excited about it. So I had all this, but it took me a little while to actually sit down and write the book. I thought, you know, who's going to actually want to listen to me or read this stuff and things like that. And I struggled a lot to really think like, yeah, this is something that needs to be done. But I traveled a lot, especially for work. And I just kept on meeting people that were going through similar things that I went through. And it'd be something like sitting on a plane next to a woman who is just widowed. And she's saying like, man, I need to get out there and start dating again. And I'm like, how are you feeling this pressure when you've already been married and had kids and all sorts of things? So as I met person after person, just going through these same struggles, I decided, you know, maybe I should sit down and write down all these lessons I learned. So I basically sat down, mapped out everything. And over the course of the year, every night I went home and started writing and got the book done which was pretty crazy. And I'm still shocked that that's all happened. Um, but the main message that I really wanted to send with the book is that singleness is not a time where we need to be upset or bitter about it. It's a time that God is putting us here for a reason. And if we can really trust God, which the more we look into him and you know pay attention to him, we can trust him, then he knows what's best for us. And he's got us here for a purpose and a reason, even if we can't see it. So we either have the choice to be better about being single or we have the choice to say, I'm going to trust God and I'm just going to rock this season of my life. So that's kind of the the purpose of my whole book. I love that. And I love it because regardless of what part of your life you're in, regardless of what season you're in, we're all waiting for something. We are all praying that God does something in our life. And as I mentioned, it just had so many nuggets in it for a woman who may be married, a woman who may have children, a woman who, you know, may have lived a full life, as you even mentioned. And I appreciate how you just invited the Lord to lead you and teach you as he, you know, desired for this particular season in your life, because yeah. you start off by, you know, talking about each chapter kind of deals with a bachelor or a bachelorette from the Bible. And I thought that was a really, really cool spin on how to just share some biblical truths 
But the first bachelor you talk about is Jesus. (laughs) You share God told Jesus no. Can you tell us just a little bit more about how the Lord renewed your identity in him as you learned how to trust him throughout, you know, these different trials and tests that you've been through? Yeah, definitely. So um, in that section, I talk a lot about how Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he asks, is there a different way for me to pay for the sins of the world? And, you know, he has the cup and God says, no, this is this is the way you have to do it. Um, and that was really eye opening to me that I had been praying for so long of God, can you change my circumstance, make me in a relationship? I don't want to be single anymore. But God actually told Jesus, no, you have to do this certain lifestyle like this way. And that's what God was having for me, too. So really opened my eyes of I'm not going through this alone and getting a no. Um, And that all happened. So when I was going through my breakup and being single and all of those other things, there was just a lot of things going wrong in my life, so to speak. So um, at the time, like my mom got cancer, my grandpa died, I had an eye disease that caused me to go blind in one of my eyes. And I just had thing after thing kind of going wrong in my life. And they're all things that I really built my foundation on of who I was as a person. So I thought I mattered because I had this relationship and I was going to get married and have this life. And I thought, you know, I'm in control of my abilities, but then my eyeball wouldn't even work. And I thought, oh, I have this great family, but then I saw even that could be taken away from me. So for me, I really needed to experience losing those things to realize that I didn't need anything besides God. When I had all of those things taken away from me, God was still with me. God was still working things out for my good. He was still with me in every single step, and I could trust him and believe in him and know that he was good in that, even though I had all these other things crumbling apart. And I needed to live through that to see that my identity is that God loves me, and that is the most important thing, and that is really the only thing that actually matters. And that just made all of the difference for me in singleness, that I'm not someone who's unloved or who's not chosen or doesn't have a plan for my life. Instead, I'm loved by God, which means I'm chosen by the most amazing being in all of creation, you know, and just the most wonderful thing in the world. So that changed things for me so much. And C.S. Lewis actually has a quote that says, he who has God God and everything else has no more than he who has God only. So I think that summarizes that so well for what I what I understood through that experience. Mm, that is beautiful. He who has God and everything else has no more than he who has God only. That is beautiful. My goodness. You know, that that the opportunity that we have to just invite the Lord to continue to renew our mind and help us to establish our identity in him never gets old. And I really did enjoy the questions that you put at the end of each chapter. I thought they were very um, introspective, as well as some of the prompts and even the outlines that you kind of shared for people to fill in um, as they prepare to really interact with this book. And so I thought that it was just so cool that you included that. How did you come up with the questions to ask as you led the reader to go deeper into each of the topics that you have brought us to study? Yeah, I think I just kind of sat down and thought, 
what would I be thinking after I read through this section or even with some of the prompts? Like, what would I need to get to the next step or to grow in this area or things like that? You know, I love books when you read them and then they get even more personal. And I did not want to write a book that was just about me. I really wanted it to be about the person who was reading it and them going on their own journey. So I honestly struggled a lot of how much of my story to share, all of those things, because I didn't want it to be about me. I want it to be about the person reading it and their journey with God rather than, you know, mine. So I wanted to put in questions so people could really take the next step in driving it home in their lives versus seeing how it applied to my life. So I just thought that was an important piece to add to every chapter. Yeah, it was super special for sure. Chapter two was hands down my favorite chapter. I absolutely love Jeremiah. I haven't studied him as much as I've studied other figures in the Bible, but I mean, he's written some of my favorite scriptures that I go back to, Lamentations 3 being one of like my life verses. (laughs) Yes. And yet. And yet I did not know all of the things that you pulled out about him. And that is why I literally grabbed my book last night and was flipping to some of those verses that you recalled and was just like, whoa. (laughs) So can you please tell us how the Lord has just helped you in this particular season through the life of Jeremiah? Sis, it is time for you to start communicating confidently about God's truth. And I am here to help you do that. Whether you want to begin launching your own podcast or you want to recognize your areas of strength and the opportunities of growth you have, you can find a variety of resources in the show notes below as well as at liveduly.com. It's there that you can access the seven podcasting essentials that I cannot do without, as well as the confidence quiz that I've prepared just for you. Now, go be great. Yeah. So Jeremiah, I was in the same boat as you where I had these Bible passages, you know, like Jeremiah 29 verse 11. I know the plans I have for you, all these things where there's these beautiful verses I knew, but I didn't know his story either. And when I started working on this book and, you know, just learning things that God was teaching me and leading me to learn, Jeremiah was one that kept on coming up. So I did a deep dive into his life story and man, it's crazy. So Jeremiah is like one of the loneliest people that I have read about. I mean, he wasn't like deserted on an island, but I feel like he was made lonely by the people around him. So God called him to preach, you know, about God and tell people that they weren't living according to what God was asking him to do. And as a result, people hated him. They did not like his message. They didn't want to listen to it. And all sorts of terrible things happened. I don't even know which one's the worst. Like his hometown tried to kill him. Um, The people who were the religious leaders, you know, tried to have him punished and things like that. One time he was put in solitary confinement. One time he was put in a well just to like go into the mud and sink in alone and die there. And it was just thing after thing where he was put in these terrible situations. And he actually talked to God and he says, you know, like, it would have been better if I was never even born. And why did you have me created to be doing these things? And he struggles and he's honest with God about what he's going through. But then he can also make these great statements of, you know, the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. So when he is going through these incredibly lonely times, 
he also has the strength of God. And that was a huge statement and a huge testimony to me of, I am not going through anything even close to what Jeremiah is going through. In singleness, it can be lonely and you can have rejection and all sorts of things like that, but it's nothing compared to like your hometown trying to kill you. I can't imagine how devastating and lonely that would be. That's insane to even comprehend. Um, So just him being able to go through that And then he takes his feelings and he talks to God about it. And then God shows him like, I am your strength. I am with you in all of this. And that is just a huge reminder that that kept Jeremiah going. And that can also keep us going as well when we feel like we're alone in singleness or when we're going through lonely times, people are against us, we're facing rejection. God is with us. And if that allowed Jeremiah to persevere and his crazy difficult circumstances, then that is because God is powerful and can actually do things and help us in our circumstances as well. So Jeremiah was such a surprise bachelor to me when I started writing of how much I got out of it. Um, but it's one that I absolutely love too. Yeah. Yeah. Such a surprise bachelor. I just bless the Lord, you know, for some of the storms that he does allow us to go through, because this is the man that wrote yet this I call to mind. And therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love. We are not consumed I appreciate you, Hannah, because I just have this intense desire to learn so much more about him. Mm. Yes. You know, you shared something that I just thought was so interesting. I'm a dreamer. I am a dreamer all day long yes. <laughs> when I'm driving in the car, when I am writing, when I'm cooking, when I'm sitting on the couch doing absolutely <laughs> nothing. I am a dreamer. But you had this moment where you said that you felt that dreams were only for long meetings and boring lectures. <laughs> I was like, oh. Well, I guess that's one way to look at it. I get that. <laughs> you were much, much more advanced than me. It took me a long time to confront that I should follow my dreams. <laughs> I'm just in my head a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> but, you know, as you began to learn how to embrace the dreams that God had given you, you began to discover your purpose. And so I just want to ask you, if you can share how um, God gives us purpose by transforming our perspective about those dreams that he's put in our heart. Yeah, I think for me, I always had dreams and they're just like, like I said, something that I daydreamed about when I was bored and nothing I ever really thought I needed to follow. But then I started reading the book of Nehemiah and he is the one that made me change my mind about that because God placed this dream on Nehemiah's heart that he should go and rebuild Jerusalem. And Nehemiah wasn't a builder or a construction worker or anything like that. He was a cupbearer to the king. And he had this crazy idea that, oh, I'm going to go rebuild Jerusalem. And there's a lot more there where that's like symbolic that God was with his people and things like that. So Jeremiah was really moved at this one particular time to go and help with the restoration of that. So Jeremiah, you know, followed this dream God placed on his heart. And in doing that, all of these amazing things happened where Jerusalem, the walls were rebuilt and people came back and they came and worshiped the Lord. And just all of these beautiful things came out, even though there are tons of hard times where people are trying to attack them while they're rebuilding and all sorts of things like that. He persevered. And then these amazing things happened. So for me, after reading that, and I kind of had my own experience too, which I read about of going to a concert and having these dreams in my head. And I went to this John Foreman concert where he played his documentary 25 
25 and 24 about following your dreams. And then he gave us this piece of paper that said 25 and 24, my dream is to, and I realized that God gives us dreams because we should be pursuing them, not just because we should necessarily be daydreaming about them. And at that concert, I realized that when I was reading about Nehemiah, I also saw that God takes those dreams and has really beautiful things come out of it. And it's normally, you know, for his greater purpose, for his glory to advance his kingdom. So more people are believing and understanding God and things like that. So for me, I realized that either I can live this very safe life where I'm working in corporate culture and just doing the thing that I'm supposed to do, or I can realize that the dreams, the things that keep popping up in my mind might be something from God. And I can just take small steps or really big steps, you know, no matter what you're comfortable with to start pursuing those. So for me, it was just, I'm going to go home every day and start writing and see what happens with that. And for me, it's been crazy because out of doing that, out of just following those things, I have a career, I have a book that's coming out. My life has completely changed from everything I thought it was going to be into something that is so much better for who I am and who I was created to be. So I think it's something that I didn't think when I was younger, that it is super important to pay attention to those dreams. And I know now for me, I have so many dreams going through my mind and so many things I want to pursue, but really, you know, paying attention to what keeps on coming up. What can I start pursuing and how do I make these things happen? What little step can I take today? I think God's going to bless that and, and really work through it if you pursue it and you're praying to him and asking him for guidance and all of those things. Mm, that is so good. Just take the little step. It doesn't have to be anything ginormous. It could just be going home to write yes. that thought that you have. I love that so much. You shared some downright hilarious stories in this book. We don't have time to get into them. But I mean, whether we're talking about this crazy staircase that you went up on an island in Ireland Yes. Or we're talking about getting stuck on a train in Germany. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this book. <laughs> Ladies, y'all have to get a single life to live. Hannah, can you share with us where it is available and how we can get connected to you? Yeah, the book is available basically anywhere online that books are sold. So you can find it on Amazon. It's published by Baker, so they have it. Um, it's on Target. Pretty much anywhere you look, you can find it. It's also going to be sold in Hudson Airport bookstores, too, some of them across uh, America. So I'm very excited for that. And there's an audiobook coming. So you can just look it up and it should be able to pop up. Um, and then if you want to find out more about me, you can find me on hannahshimmerhorn.com. But it's kind of hard to spell Shimmerhorn. So you can also just look up Only a Single Life um, or find me at Only a Single Life on Instagram and Facebook. So those are a little easier to spell than Shimmerhorn. I totally understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am linking everything below. Ladies, y'all already know you do not have to go far. And my goodness, we just wish you all the best in your travels, in your life, in every dream that God just continues to give birth through your voice and uh, what you are doing in this world. Can I ask you a couple of secrets? Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. The first one is, 
On, uh, you know, this fast-paced society that we live in, what kinds of things do you do to remind yourself just to slow down? Are there any rhythms that you incorporate into your day or week or year? Are there any affirmations? What are you doing? Yeah, I think right now what I've realized is I, I live in Wisconsin where it's like cold winters and it's pretty dark and things like that. So for me, mornings are really important to set the tone for my day. So I like to wake up and work out right away so that I'm actually awake and not just sleepy. And then right after I do that, I like to just spend time reading the Bible. And that is like the best thing because then I'm awake, I'm paying attention. Um, and I really like to do uh, the SOAP method where you pick one part of scripture and then you do observations, answers and prayers or applications and prayers. Um, and just starting out the day doing that, you know, while I'm drinking some tea just really helps out because I'm a person who's an achiever. And I like to wake up and think I need to do everything on my to-do list immediately and get as many things done as possible, you know, before it's even eight o'clock. Uh, but that's not actually what's good for me or what's healthy for me. I'm seeing that, you know, slowing down in the morning, taking some time to actually set my mind to, okay, God's in control. I want guidance from him. All of those things is something that's super, super helpful. So that's been good for me. And then the not so serious answer is I got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas and I used to never play video games, but man, that's been a good, relaxing, non-productive thing to do. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and so practical. Yes. It's so practical. It doesn't always have to be super deep. You know, I right. I like right. the, the video game just as much as, yes. uh, as all the other things. So that's so cool. You know, I want to ask, what are you doing on a day off? What's the first thing you're going to do? Where are you going? Tell yeah, us. that's I feel like it totally depends on the day. I am working through The Artist's Way, which is a book about creativity that I've been really liking. And they talk a lot about doing these artist dates where you take a day and you go and do something by yourself and it just helps you to unwind and, you know, to kind of refresh and things like that. So at a day off, I'm excited to do everything from going to the zoo, to the art museum, to just taking a walk in a park. I love hiking. Um, I love traveling. So anytime that I can be traveling somewhere is super, super exciting to me. For me, it's just going to new places so that my brain is looking at new things, thinking about new things, all of that. So normally there's no stereotypical thing. I think if I default to something, it's just walking in nature and going for a really long hike. But otherwise, it could be anything from, ooh, like, what's this new movie to, yeah, what's what's going on at the zoo or go for a bike ride or things like that. Awesome. Awesome. You are just about the third person on this podcast that has talked about the artist's way. So I am going to have to get my hands on this book. It's it's time. <laughs> yes, it's good. My editor, one of my editors recommended it and I started reading it. I was like, man, how have I not read this book yet? So it's been good. The last secret that I want to ask you is what, other than the book launch, is bringing a smile to your face these days? I feel like the one that consistently makes me smile is I have four nieces and nephews and they just, everything they do just makes me so happy that every time they see me, they're so excited and just so filled with joy and seeing how they're processing things and growing and learning. Like it just makes me so happy to see them and interact with them. Oh, that is beautiful. I can also say the same. I have two of the most adorable nieces and nephews in the entire world. So my mm -hmm. goodness, never gets old. 
Yes. <laughs> ah, thank you so much for your time today, Hannah. May I ask you to pray us out? Yes. Dear God, thank you so much for letting us have this conversation today. Please bless everyone who is listening and please help all of the single people who are struggling so that they can find peace and love with you. Please bless everyone with their day and please let everyone have confidence that you love them and that your ident everyone's identity is that they're loved by you and nothing else. Amen. Amen and amen. Uh, didn't that conversation just make you want to get into your word? I know I can't wait to just find some time with God to study his word. If this conversation helped you in any way, would you please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible and leave a review? It would truly help others to find this conversation. Now, in between time, I am at Candid Live, and it would be a pleasure to do life with you. I'll talk with you soon. Love you. <laughs>